Hello, welcome. I'm Emma Walsh, the CEO of Parents at Work, and I'll be your host for today's discussion on sleeping and settling. If it's the first time you've joined us for a Parents at Work session, a very warm welcome to you. I'm joined today by Charlene Vlalos from Parenting Exports Karatani, and Charlene's here to share with us her wisdom on sleeping and settling children and getting into a routine when you're back at work. In fact, the average return to work after having a baby is as early as seven months old and often babies aren't sleeping through the night and this lack of sleep is quite distressing for many, uh, particularly babies um, and parents alone, particularly when you have to juggle work the next day. So what are we discussing with Karatani today? We're going to go through the key tips on getting into sleep and settling uh, and getting yourself into a routine, particularly when you're um, not only just about to return to work, but once you are actually back into that rhythm of returning to work, um, not only for you, but also for um, obviously your baby. Help, um, I'm going to give you some suggestions, as will uh, Charlene, on how to help um, if your baby isn't sleeping through the night and how you can establish a back to work baby schedule for sleeping and settling. So what can you expect and what's normal? What are some of the common sleep challenges you might find yourself coming up against? And most importantly, how can you get more sleep? Um, and what do you do if, if really you've got more questions from here? And what, what are the perhaps referral points that you can uh, go and seek out and get more help with? So Charlene, very warm welcome to you today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for having me um, to talk about a, a very important topic. And um, for many parents returning to work, I'm sure this is often at the top of their list. Um, and often they face it or start thinking about it probably um, very close to returning to work and the challenges that poses. Yes, that's right. I remember when my, um, my twins were um, five months old once I started to go back to work. And it was a gradual return to work. I went back to work two and a half days a week. But I remember those two and a half days, the most important thing on my mind was how was I going to maximise my sleep that day? Because yeah, I knew right. the next day uh, was going to be really hellish to get through if I hadn't. And I used to swap so many notes with so many parents around what I could do to really get them to sleep through the night. In fact, if I'm honest, I was pretty obsessed by it. Yeah. <laughs> and so many parents I find actually are. Yeah, absolutely they are. Because I think that um, sleep becomes so critical in, in, in everything that we do. And if we don't get enough, then we um, certainly feel the effects of that. But I think when we become parents, it's one of those things that is the, probably the most disrupted part of our lives. And so, you know, um, certainly returning to work, thinking about, well, how am I going to get sleep and function mm. as well? And so, and be a good parent and be a good employee when, um, when I'm actually at work. And so for many parents, it absolutely is one of those critical things that, um, that they want to get sorted. Um, and you know, and unfortunately, our babies don't read our schedules, mm. um, and they're really on their own developmental curve. And so, we have to learn together about how we um, transition back to work. It's not just about you, but it's about the whole family experience as well. Yeah, I think that's um, really worth thinking about because what I learned uh, as I obviously my children got older, and I started to get some more practical tips on how to get them to sleep. Um, on time and then how to deal with the midnight wake-ups and so on but actually what I found so much harder for myself was to get myself back into a sleep routine and actually getting um, you know getting something that was going to work for me as well as the children because I, I found that I was often my own worst enemy 
and didn't put myself to sleep very well. So it'd be interesting to explore some of that yeah. today too. Such a great point, really, Emma, because, um, you know, when we become parents, we really become the, um, the bottom of the list and um, what we need to know. And what we always say to parents is it's the oxygen mask um, rule. You know, the aeroplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself, then help your families or help the ones around you. And that is so true across, across all points of parenting, really. Mm. Okay. So um, let's go through and talk and explore really some of the common things that um, you can expect. I guess one of the things that feels, um, I think, nerve-wracking for parents returning to work is that, oh, is my baby the only one who's not sleeping through the night? Why, why is it that, you know, my friend over here seems to have got it all sorted? Um, I think often we don't normalise what to expect. So maybe if mm. you can start with what are the common things we could expect around sleeping and settling? Um, yeah, so I think probably the over, the, one of the overarching things is that we all need we all have different sleep needs and that's the same for us as adults and it's mm. certainly the same um, that we have for children as well. So um, irrespective of age, children or little babies already have their own personalities, they have their own needs, they have their own um, things that they need from you at particular times and, that, and the same goes for sleep. So I guess, you know, going back to your question about um, expectations is that what parents um, may hear is that, oh, yes, they sleep through the night or my friend's baby sleeps through the night. Why doesn't my baby? In actual fact, it's very unusual for a baby under the age of 12 months to actually sleep through the night. It's, an, it's actually expected. We expect babies to wake um, through the night, re really in that first year, the first 12 months, absolutely. And that's for nutritional needs. It's around development as well. So, and for many parents, that can be a surprise. So, I think sleeping through the night under the age of twelve months is absolute the exception. It is not the rule. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it's really easy to get caught up in what's happening for other people because that's what we're guided by. I mean, parenting is one of those um, jobs. Per if you like, that um, everyone has a really strong opinion on and everyone's mm. really got mm. some lots of advice. So I really encourage parents to focus on what ha what is happening for their own families and kind of get some information about really what are my expectations um, of my baby in this first 12 months and the expectations of myself. Mm. What, what pressures am I putting on myself? So mm. like I said, in this first 12 months, waking through the night, at least um, particularly... Under six months, it might be twice. Um, it might be three times. Over six months, it even might be once or twice overnight. So that's kind of the normal thing. So if that's happening for you, then I would say that's pretty normal. Okay. I think the other thing um, that strikes me is interesting is, okay, yes, um, I can expect my child might wake a couple of times a night. You know, how often would we expect them to be awake in that moment? What's normal around how often we would expect that person, uh, that child to be awake at night? Yeah, so I mean, certainly when we're, when we're looking at babies that wake overnight, it's not um, let's wake up and let's have play. No. Um, it's mm. let's wake up, probably needing to be fed in, in, in many cases. And then, um, you know, needs, they're probably their comfort level needs to be attended to. So that could be um, changing a nappy, temperature of the room, those type of things wake our um, children up. And so, so we're kind of um, attending to those needs. And so it's wake up, feed, change nappy, get them more comfortable, and then it's settling back to sleep. Um, and so um, that's kind of, it's not wake and play. 
No. <laughs> I, I um, have these actually um, horror memories of one of my twins waking up um, for a period of time and it, must, it, it went on for months actually where in the middle of the night he would wake up at screaming and uh, nothing we could do seemed to calm him mm-hmm. down. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, you know, what's going on here? And reading up and, and hearing that really what was probably happening was that he was having night tremors and he mm-hmm. wasn't waking up. Um, and it didn't matter what we tried to do to settle him. Um, for half an hour, it would take to f- finally he would settle himself. But in the yeah. meantime, the crying was quite distressing and sometimes would wake his twin brother up. Yeah. Not always, but um, often. And uh, remembering thinking, what, what do we need to do differently? And I had this great mothercraft nurse at the time who I rang in desperation in the end um, that said, actually, uh, it's okay to let them cry through the night and, and do a little bit of you know, self-soothing and settling. So it's quite often seen as controversial advice. Mm. Um, you know, to what extent is it okay to let your baby self-settle um, in the middle of the night? So, I mean, I guess what's happening around child and family health at the moment and what we know more about sleep, with all the research that we do Mm. around early brain development, some of our approaches to settling have changed um, a little bit. And what we now know is that children actually need support in in pretty much everything they do. And sleep is certainly one of Mm. those things. Um, So when we're talking about, um, you know, do we let children cry overnight? How much do, should we give them an mm. opportunity to settle? Mm. You know, and I think this is, becomes really around age. But certainly, if you're looking under six months, children may need um, more support. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean you always give your children an opportunity to do what they need to do on their own. Mm. And that will evolve all the time, even as um, babies, as they move into toddlers. Always that opportunity to do that by themselves. So putting them into bed whilst they're awake is a really critical point around settling. And so, mm. you know, um, that's kind of the beginning of that routine that we that we will talk about. But um, it's important to support your children. But it's kind of this um, rule around give them what they need, but not more than they require. Mm. So you really have to listen to yourself and you have to listen to your baby as well. If they're really distressed, then they need your support. They need your help to calm them down. They're not able to do that by themselves. But also, if they are in bed awake and they're kind of talking and they're a little bit restless and a little bit grisly, but really um, not crying out in distress, then give them an opportunity to settle Mm. because children do need the opportunity to learn how to do those skills on their own. Mm. So it's kind of going back to what they need but not more than they require. Mm. And so it's about finding that happy balance. But on the flip side of that, if you have a child who's really crying and quite distressed and you're feeling that you're very distressed and actually you're feeling like, oh, I feel like, um, you know, you don't want to lose control, you want to step out, have a deep breath and then go back in. Because if you're unsettled and they're unsettled, it really try it really makes that settling process quite difficult. Yeah. Often known as the witching hour, I think, in many houses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I... I know that when you return to work, you've had a hard day at work, you're busy, um, you walk into effectively your second job um, when you come home. And for many people, they're not even back from work until six or or later. 
and there's this quick hurried um, need to get children fed and and bathed and into bed and and before we know it it's you know eight o'clock or or after perhaps Mm. and um, we can find ourselves perhaps having best intentions but as you say you know um, you know getting impatient or finding ourselves um, you know rushing kids if you like um, into a settled routine that sometimes can make that whole thing so much more difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I guess what are your tips for in those kind of scenarios where you are rushed on your way back from work, you know you've only got to find out time to get those children or child into bed and, and sleep. What are the things that you can do, I guess, as a parent to, I guess, if you like, get yourself into a position of, of focus and calmness to settle, therefore settle yourself, to settle your child? What can a parent do themselves? So there there has actually, you know, there's actually a lot of research Mm. about this. And um, there's um, a university in Queensland that's doing a lot of work around this, and they call it the third space. So it's almost like this transition time. Mm. And, you know, they look around people's success and how they moved, and it's really about how people move from one situation to another. Mm. Mm. And it's so applicable to parenting because... You know, yes, you leave that job or for the day, but you you're only human. You're not a robot, and you take all that baggage and mm. the stress of what's mm. happened to the day and what's going to happen um, the next day. But in between that, we have that role that we have with being a parent and trying to get children settled. So if parents can work on that time between leaving work and getting home um, and getting to pick up, that you try and your best, and I say mm. you try your best to try and calm yourself. And go okay. I need to park that for this for for today. Mm. The work things. Now I'm moving into this space because you have absolutely um, hit the nail on the head in terms of if you go into that space with um, ang- being anxious and stressed about the day and taking all of that from the day, all the emotions that we have from the day, and you apply it to that settling situation or the calming time. You know, get, let's get home. Let's have dinner. Let's connect. And let's get ready for bed. Mm. If you're in that heightened state, so your child will be as well. Mm. So, and and that's not easy to do, like I said, but it's one of those things that we can always work out. And you know what? There are days where we're going to do it really well and there are days where it's not going to go so well. And I think parents need to be kind to themselves mm. as well. That, mm. you know, look, it's okay. We can do it again better tomorrow. Mm. But if you always kind of work towards that, going into an environment with your children in a calm way, then you're going to get them on board much quicker. Mm. The more heightened you are, the more heightened they are, and calming down and routine is really difficult. Yeah, sure. So let's talk about getting into a routine and and some of the things you could do that would actually help this sleeping and settling piece to be much easier. So what could you really start to be doing, particularly in, as we were just saying, that um, immediate witching hour and, and getting them to bed, but then thinking about how you deal with, in fact, those potential wake-up calls um, for babies. So what kind of routine um, might work, an example of a routine that might work in a household? Yeah. Um, families are all different, and yeah. I think that's really important. And thinking about, you know, if you um, if you have a partner at home, when are you getting home? It's really important to look at your landscape at home. So, you know, are you asking your children to go to sleep just when your partner walks in the door and they get excited? And so is that reasonable? Mm. Um, the thing around routine is that they vary from um, family to family, but 
What's really important is routine is doing the same things over and over again and they should be calm things. So, you know, um, letting your child have some quiet play, letting them transition, say we're going to get ready for bed. Even when they're babies, this language is really important that you're always talking. Um, and having a bath, you know, reading a book, um, having some time, you know, maybe on your lap in, in your um, baby's room and just, you know, um, talking and it's just that quiet, let's relax into it and then putting them into bed whilst they're awake and I think that's the key thing. The routine needs to be the same over and over because that, that, that's a child's calendar per se. It's yes. almost like we mm. know what's going to come next. When you do routine, they know what's going to come next. Yes, yeah, so it's about consistency. Absolutely. Pick what works for your family and try and consistently stick to that. Oh, we try so hard at that in our house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I often know that, uh, you know, and this is actually something still, even, you know, I've got obviously slightly older children now. Um, my youngest is now six. But still, the sleep routine is the thing that we, you know, continue to work on. Um, and I've tried so many different things. Mm. But, I, okay, I'm hearing from you. Pick one for now and, you know, be consistent with it as opposed to mixing it up all the time. Because I certainly yeah. think, oh, well, it didn't work yesterday. They didn't get to bed till 9 o'clock. That was a disaster. Got to do it differently again. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the issue is, you know, I'm mixing it up too much, trying to try, you know, trying to do different things. Yeah. And as a result, that actually doesn't work. Yeah, so yeah. And, and that's and that's essentially what children are doing. This is what childhood is about. It's about finding out how the world works. It's about finding out how my family works. So they always are going to push the boundaries. They're always going to test them and see if things are the same. And so if you start these things very early on, it is about sticking to it. Um, and, you know, things are going to go awry when they get mm. sick or you're sick or you go on holidays and then you have to try and go back and implement the routine again. And so you have to have some flexibility in there. It's no point being completely rigid with the routine where you are completely bound at home forever and a day. <laughs> That's not helpful at, at all to a family. But it's just generally working towards consistency. Um, so then that your child has predictability and that's what makes them feel safe and secure. That's what makes them feel settled. Mm. And so mm. moving into sleep um, with your help at times can can be the key. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And I'm thinking now about uh, myself and my own sleep routine. One of the things that I found really tricky um, when the kids were little is that if they woke in the middle of the night and I would be like a siren, it would go off and I'd be mm. awake instantly. Um, and often I'd go and settle them and I'd get to a point of um, feeling, right, they're asleep, listen out with, you know, another 10 minutes or so. Are they, are they truly asleep? Can I go back to sleep yet? Finally thinking, yes, I, I can go to sleep, they're asleep for sure. And then thinking, I can't get back to sleep. I'm wide awake. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what are the kind of things that um, you would suggest would help parents quickly get themselves back to sleep in the same way that babies do? Suggestions? Yeah. Well, that is... Um, look, I think that's a tough one. I think it's really, you know, it depends on your... I think personality has a huge mm. amount to play with that. But I think if you can start really um, having confidence in yourself as a parent, because it's those things mm. that go on in our mind. Are they okay? Should, are they going to wake up again? Um, mm. That 
you know, that you try and put your mind at ease. Once again, it's that transition space. It's the third space of, okay, I've settled them now and um, not overthinking things. And mm. I think that as parents, we can put a huge amount of pressure on ourselves. Mm. And it's that mm. age-old thing, you know, the more you say, go mm. to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, you're not going to go to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, taking... Um, Going to bed at a regular time is really important. Being, you know, learning, and it's a learning thing for all of us all of the time to learn to switch off. So once mm. our kids are in bed, um, let's why not wind down mm. and get get ourselves mm. into bed and mm. kind of, you know, that we all have that sleep routine mm. um, that you try and all get on the same page. Mm. But it's not easy to switch off. Absolutely. No. One of the things recently that I've started doing, which um, I found helpful, is setting an alarm to go to bed. Um, for myself, mm. but actually using it with the kids as well to go, okay, guys, you know, time time's up. We, we set the timer. That's mm. a bit of the whole routine bit and consistency yeah. bit. Um, it's time now to, you know, over the next 10 minutes, brush the teeth and um, get ready for our story time and, and so it goes. And that's only something recently I've implemented, you know, because it actually keeps us all honest to to that. Keeps you on routine, doing the same things. And that's what our body responds to. And it's like sometimes, you know, if you're doing these things over and over again, many of us wake just before our alarm, five minutes Mm. before our alarm, because our body gets into a routine. Mm. And so when you have that predictability um, physically, it also translates mentally as well that, mm. you know, that where well, I'm going to relax now, that this is what your body's expecting. Mm. Mm. And that's exactly the same for your baby. Yeah. And the other thing that I've learned over the years with this as well is the more fuss that we made in our house around bedtime, i.e., you know, I, I need to have this story and I, I need to have this teddy and I need to have this special pillow and technique. I need to, yeah, you know, this yeah. is a list of laundry list of things that the kids might have felt they needed in order to... Um, you know settle themselves we found that over the years it got better if we removed the fuss of it so we didn't make such a big deal around it being sleep time but actually gently saying okay let's let's go to bed now let's let's get into bed and yeah let's have a have a story um as opposed to the early years when I felt less experienced around, oh, yeah, got, got to have the special teddy, got to have the special blankie, otherwise it's definitely not going to happen. So what I've certainly found that reducing the fuss around sleep um, yeah. has helped. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's, that's the key with many things, even with feeding children and particularly mm. as they move into toddlers and things like that. I think as parents, you know, your children really need you to take charge mm. and it's kind of this calm approach that this is what's happening. Mm. And and just going with it. It's not questions. Should we get ready for bed? Are you ready for bed? It's it's time for sleeping now. Mm. Okay, and mm. being a real calm approach. And the more fuss we do make about it, it's kind of like sending a message. You know, they start to get stressed. Going, oh, that's a big deal. Mum's mm. looking very stressed. Dad's looking really stressed. Something's going on. And so it just translates, and you just get into this vicious cycle. Mm. So it's just it should be a no fuss thing. Um, but and, and often it's not and it's just really around I guess you know my message to parents is when you're returning to work plan ahead you know if you need to get to change your routine do that well before you get back to work you know try mm. and get some assistance with that and and just make it um you know a more relaxed approach to those type of things yeah so what, what about if you've had that you know shock a night it's the night you've been up three or four times you've had you know interrupted five hours sleep you're due at work the next day, you know. Well, how do you how do you deal with those those sort of days? What are the kind of things that parents 
and I guess children need to to take into account on the days that they happen because they happen don't they we of course we have... they happen and I think it goes hand in hand with parenting that you know really out of a week you might have one to two particularly rough days mm. when we're talking about sleep and that's kind of a general rule um, and so once again it goes back to expectations um, and I think it's one of those things that if it's a reoccurring persistent issue then get help with it because you know sleep deprivation is is very hard to deal with and it makes mm. it very difficult to go to work and function. Um, on the other hand, I'm always absolutely amazed at how resilient parents are mm. and how we get out there and, you know, that you think, gosh, how am I going to get through the day? But somehow we do. There's this, like, second part of us. But we can't rely on that all the time. So I think if it's expect that there's going to be one or two particularly tricky times mm. and it might be you know do you chat to your colleagues and you know do you have a good support network around you at work that you can share that with and um kind of offload and move into the day um but really if it's a persistent issue then we really encourage parents to get some help with that mm. sooner rather than later because it's really if you let it go it's when the wheels completely fall off and we're so exhausted that we just don't have anything in us anymore mm. to try and even implement a new strategy so yes. sooner is much better yeah to get some ideas yeah I certainly found that on on days that I found um, that had happened to us overnight I just had to recalibrate my expectations of that day and around I'm not going to make any important decisions today if I can help mm. it because I know I haven't got all my <laughs> faculties about it um, and recognize that actually for many of us we do have the potential to reprioritize things um, you know not all the time but if there are particularly important things that, you know, you were going to get done that day, perhaps that's not the day to do it. Perhaps yeah. it is a day you need to renegotiate that particular task and uh, look for other ways to actually get through the day. Yeah, mm. and the same goes for children's activities too. If you've had a bad night, don't rush off to other extracurricular th things. Don't put too much day. pressure on yourself mm. that, you know, you have to do that perfectly every day because you don't. Yeah. And your kids will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so interesting so where do we go with um from here you've given us some really good um overall points on how to um, get into a bit of a routine and and some ideas around sleeping and settling for both parents and uh children but as you say what happens if we still feel like we need some good tips and ideas where do we go um, if we feel like we're in that emergency need for help right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think in this digital age, we're really privy to a lot of um, great resources um, on the internet. So certainly, you know, Karatani has a website. There's other services that do. And there's some really great videos and, you know, the how-to tips. Um, and talking to a health professional. So, you know, we have a care line. Um, you can email in. So just chatting to someone to go, is this normal? Is there something I'm missing here? And just getting that extra point some sometimes can be, oh, I'll give that a go or, you know, I think I'm doing okay. And sometimes that's really what, what we need. Um, and also there, you know, you have to make sure your baby is well. I think as parents, trust your instincts at all times. You know when your child is not well. You know your child better than any health professional. So really, um, if you think something is going on, then certainly make sure... Um, that your baby is okay it is not the time to implement any type of settling strategy or new routine if your baby's unwell um, and you know and really look at the um your social network who's around you you know there is that saying it takes a village to raise a child and that is absolutely true it remains true to this day that we can't do it alone that you know once upon a time we had the neighbors there we had this real community and so 
we still have community around us, but we may have to reach a little bit further. Mm. So even um, just to vent your frustrations one day can be enough to get you through the next night. To go, I'm so frustrated, and someone to say, yeah, I remember being there. Um, That's really important. And Mm. if you've got help around you, I think you really need to ask for it. You need to say, I just need a break. And parents find that really hard to do, that, you know, it's not a measure of failure or success or anything like that. Mm. Like I said, we need people, your ch- your children need other people around them as well. It's just as empowering for them to have other great people in their lives that sometimes mum or dad needs a break and that's important. Mm, mm. Yeah, I remember a friend telling me a great story about reaching out in community and her um, having a particularly difficult time um, with her toddler and she was at a supermarket and um, it was all disastrously playing out and she'd had a really tough and rough night and, and she broke down at the checkout and there was a woman behind her who was watching it play out who stopped her and said to her, I'm going to help you, where do you live? I'll have a meal at your door tonight. Yeah, amazing. And true to her word, she did. Yeah. Um, and so it's acknowledging that, yeah, we all need help from time to time, mm. asking for it and we do receive yeah. um, is interesting. Now, we've had a couple of questions that have come through. One of the questions is about children getting into bed at night time, a common one. Um, and I certainly had to have this struggle myself and continue to from time to time where my daughter loves to get out of bed and come into mine. Yes. <laughs> um, a couple of tips on that. How do we manage that when that becomes a regular occurrence? Yeah, so this is not an uncommon thing that Mm. once they go into, toddlers go into bed, parents kind of dreading, thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to get out. Um, So we always say to parents, you know, what works for your family? But I think once you make the decision that your child needs to sleep in their bed all by themselves, every time they get out of bed, it's back to bed every time. Mm. And I think that's the clincher. That's the the tricky one because you're like, I'm really tired today. We'll fix it again tomorrow. And so once that happened, once again, your, ch- your children are thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure what the rules are. I'm not quite sure how this works. Last night it worked, the night before it didn't, so I'm going to try it again. Mm. So when you make that decision with you and your partner, it's back to bed every time. And I always say to parents, do this over the weekend or a long weekend or you know, where you've got some time off that you can actually really tackle it because we find children really ramp it up um, by the third and fourth nights they really push those boundaries and that's the one we go i'm just too tired to do it so in in bed awake is really important um ignoring the delaying tactics so you know i need a glass of water i need my teddy i need this i need that and once they're at your bed you need to take them back to bed very quietly um and calmly it's time for sleeping give them a kiss good night and you're back to bed Mm. and if it happens it may happen 19 times in a night but it's back to bed every time Mm, and that's the consistency and we've had another great tip shared around um, someone putting in um, or creating a a sleep um, schedule so one of those little um, charts that you put together Mm -hmm. before kids go to bed and says does teeth you know got teddy ready you know and putting together a little graph that they tick off before yeah. they get into Kids bed, a little rewards things. chart. Yeah. That's a good um, sleep tip as mm. well. Um, so any of these kind of initiatives, whatever works for your family, um, yeah. can be quite and useful. Yeah, and your child's personality, you know mm. them better than anybody. So, you know, if they really, they love being, you know, 
ticking off things and they're great things Mm. Um, some children just need you to sit beside their bed for a little bit longer and read that story and calm Mm. them down Um, so what whatever works I think is really important and you find that once you find it you stick with that Mm. okay great well Charlene thank you very much for sharing those really you know great tips lots of wisdom there and for a reminder to people that if you are interested in more support on this particular topic please go to Karatani Um, Look at their website. They've got a helpline. You'll be able to call them and uh, get the tips that you need. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thanks, Emma. It's been a pleasure.